How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. But right now, we've been open and honest, and we've been talking concussions throughout the week and being open and honest about it. Time to talk about something very close to the heart of myself and Kimpy throughout the week. We've been open and honest about our growing anxiety and concerns around concussions in sport, especially with the careers we've had ourselves. It's a topic which has been rightly plaguing sports leagues and athletes for a number of years. But the resolution and the commitment to fully understand and addressing the situation is something that has certainly been lacking. Our next guest knows about all that too well. Chris Nowinski is a former professor, professional athlete turned neuroscientist who founded the Concussion Legacy Foundation to support athletes with CTE and promote safer sports through education. The work he is doing in this field is world-leading, and we couldn't think of anyone more equipped to join our discussion on the extremely important topic. Chris is online with us now. Morning to you, Chris. Uh, good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Uh, quickly, why is this so important for you, Chris, and how long have you been on this journey for? Uh, so I've been doing this uh, almost 20 years now after a series of concussions and I was wrestling with WWE, uh, ended my career. And, uh, I learned very quickly that the, my problem was that I had been getting concussions my whole career playing football at Harvard university and, and hadn't told anyone because I didn't think we were supposed to just like you guys probably did. And it caught up with me. So I had, I've had permanent post-concussion syndrome, although I'm better now, 19 years later, than I was for the first 15 years, which I had chronic headaches and other issues. And then I learned about CTE and started the Brain Bank at Boston University to try to figure that out. And, and that's been very scary about what we found over the last 15 years. Hey, Chris, just a, just a question uh, right at the front end here. Even today, are the players actually aware or the athletes aware of this major problem with CTE that's happening? No, not, I mean, not at all. Not even, not even over here. I talked to some, uh, you know, NFL players who are known for being very smart, long careers, and they, they literally still don't know that it's not really a concussion disease. And, and, you know, that, and that's part of the conversation we'd have worldwide is that, you know, concussions are discrete events. We've each had somewhere between, you know, five and 50, and uh, but we don't see a correlation with how many concussions you had and whether or not you get CTE. CTE is really caused by the 10,000 hits to the head or 20,000 or whatever our number is. All those hits create uh, subconcussive or silent brain damage, stuff you don't feel uh, that triggers a degenerative process that we find in a really surprisingly high portion of athletes, especially those who played a really long time. So you just touched on on the findings that you you were able to figure out on this fifteen years. Can you talk to us about the the details and and share some information that you've found over the last fifteen years? Yeah, I'm happy to. So so we've been we've studied about thirteen hundred athletes' brains after they've died 
It's all led by Dr. Ann McKee at Boston University. I, I came to her 15 years ago and said, if I can get you brains to study, will you cure this for me before it takes me or my buddies down? And what we've learned is that uh, essentially while you're playing, you get small lesions or you can get small lesions, uh, usually behind your forehead in the frontal lobe and also in deep parts of the brainstem that uh, essentially a, a protein that holds together parts of your cell can start to fall, fall apart and your cells start to crumble and they keep falling apart after you retire. And so the disease sort of has four stages where at the beginning you see these sort of very tiny small lesions in specific areas of the brain that are vulnerable to trauma. And then by when you get to stage four, it's eaten away so much of your brain that you're basically in a nursing home with dementia. And then it's a, it's a, it can be a scary journey in between with mental health problems, cognitive issues, uh, and, and abnormal behaviors. Um, and what we found, we've studied mostly American football because that's the most popular sport here. And, um, we found that your odds of developing CTE probably double maybe every three or four years. And, and once you get to more than 10 years, you know, we see, we've seen it in the majority of people we've studied. Um, we, we get a bias sample, so you can't really get a prevalence rate. We still can't diagnose it in living people. We still can't figure out how to treat it. But we're, we're starting to realize, you know, we've, we've proven beyond any doubt, even though New Zealand rugby will try to tell you something different, we've proven beyond any doubt that it is caused by repetitive hits to the head, repetitive traumatic brain injuries. That's understood. That's known here in the U.S. very clearly. Uh, and now we need to do a lot to both prevent it and then fix all of us who've been hitting the head too much. Hey, Chris, if you've got the numbers, you know, you're talking about the, the, the amount of hits, a 10 to 20K hits to the head and the 1,300 athletes that have been able to uh, give up their brains after death so you can study on it. Is there a, a methodology or a, a current way of, of taking a baseline, given the information that you've had with the current athletes to see where their, where their brain is healthy? And if you're talking that two to three years, um, if you can go back, go over that time and recheck it to, to see what the damage has been done. You know, I, I would most of us would say today that it's not worth your trouble to go in every year, every few years to get evaluated. Uh, to, you know, to try to track progression because really, like you can't see it on an MRI until late when you've started to lose volume and your brain shrinking and, and and certain things become clear. But like at my age of forty four, it probably wouldn't tell us a whole lot, so it'd be a waste of time and effort. That being said, getting evaluated for mental health disorders and getting help like that is really important because basically what we find out is that. You know, and you'll you'll probably see it in your community. Just some guys start to go down this path where they start to have anxiety or depression or cognitive issues, trouble at work, trouble with their family, whatever it is, and it can spiral into an early death. And I've seen it take down. I mean, it it just took down one of my college roommates uh, who died at 45. Like it it can it you get into these sort of mental health spirals, addiction issues, all those things. So we need to be vigilant helping people. And then we need to figure out what studies are actually worth and what tests are worth doing in the long term. So so one of the things that we did was we actually partnered um, with the University of Auckland and uh, Sir Richard Fall and their brain bank to get more scientists working on this. And so we, uh, we've started brain bank there really to both prove this is a problem in New Zealand because I think there's still denial there. Uh, but also, if we can get the top scientists all working on cures, we're going to be in a much better place. So what I always do, just so you guys know, is I always invite my ex-athletes I talk to to pledge to donate their brain uh, to our brain banks. Would you guys be 
interested in, in pledging to donate to Sir Richard Fall at the University of Auckland? Oh, I would, 100%. Yeah, I think it it'll be something going forward that I'd actually consider, for sure. I, I touch on it, Chris, about my own struggles. I've, I was concussed many a times back in the day, but it's that old adage, you know, you never want to show weakness, and uh, so you went back yeah. out and you're rolled back out the next week and continued to take head knocks, and now I'm starting to consider... Ah, why have I forgot that? Or why am I, you know, I'm dealing with my own uh, mental health issues at the moment, anger, you know, things and that are happening. And I'm thinking maybe it's stemming from from the situation uh, that went on earlier. But you touched on prevention, Chris. So prevention, what is it? How does it look like? Um, you know, this is sport and particularly in NFL, one of the biggest sports in America. And I know they're fighting their own lawsuit, but the reality is the game won't stop. So how do we prevent this? going forward in, in all sports, really? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, the number one thing we do is we need to reduce the amount of exposure you have to these hits to the head. And so what we, we launched a campaign in September. It, it's, it's very hard to do at the elite levels because that's entertainment and that's for money. But at the youth levels, it's really easy. And especially because we now know those hits to the head, you know, we, we have no reason to believe they're not as likely to spark CTE when you're 10 as when you're, 30. So what we started a campaign called Stop Hitting Kids in the Head, where we're trying to convince governing <laughs> bodies to say, look, we should have a different version of each of these sports for kids before, let's say, 14, right? Like anything that happens before then doesn't really matter. It's important to get kids working out and exercising and learning and having fun, but they don't need to get hundreds of hits to the head each year and all the concussions that come with that. So, so that's number one. And then number two would be change what happens outside of the games. The easiest thing to do is change how you practice because nobody cares. No one wants to be running into each other in practice. If, can we teach people to tackle without having them get hit in the head over and over again? And some some teams are able to do that. But I would say those are number one and number two by far. Everything else you're doing after that is much smaller. Chris, talk, talk to me yeah. about denial from organizations. You know, you're talking about the people that sit on these boards and they're they're selling media rights and entertainment. Talk to, talk to us and get us the, um, an under, give us an understanding of this word denial. Yeah, yeah. CT denial is an interesting one. So there's a few different levels here. One, it just came out yesterday that the leader of sort of the sports industry's resistance to CTE, um, Paul McCrory from Australia, has been exposed as a serial plagiarist misrepresenting other people's science and in, in journal articles. So, you know, it, I feel like things are about to topple, but he's been telling everyone CT is made up and they've believed him. Now, part, I think a lot of them believed him, even though they know better. Um, and really they're looking at two things. One, they're worried about lawsuits from players who played and are, are hurt or, but they're even more worried about kids not playing anymore because, uh, Kids are, n are not really the pipeline for talent. They're the pipeline for fans. Every, it's very known in the sports business that, you, you know, you got to create your next generation of fans. And kids pick the sport they're going to be lifelong fans of most often when they're in elementary school, when they're between like 6 and 12. And so you want the kids playing your sport at that time because then they'll follow it the rest of the life, buy tickets, watch it on TV, and sustain your revenues. And so we have this sort of battle going on where – the business of sports is actually sort of lying to the public right now about what's going on with athletes. And I, and I, when we put this in the context of what's happening to children, 
Um, I'm hoping that we can pressure them to change and start being truthful and then adjust their sports because no sport necessarily has to go away, but we just need more rational versions of them so that we don't create this horrible brain disease that no one needs to get. I love it. I'm absolutely loving this conversation and uh, it's it's insightful as anything, Chris. Just just quickly, people that will be sitting at home or, or ex-athletes that will be listening to this, what are the things we can, and we're starting to think, ah, oh, maybe I do have some problems going on with CTE or I've been concussed over time. So what are some uh, some signs that will probably point us to, to make that decision to go get the checks? And if we do have it, what do we do? You know, what, how, how, how yeah. are, we able to, are we able to heal it? Are we able to get through it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question. So if, you're, if, you, if you got hit in the head too much playing sports or otherwise, um, and you're sitting at home going, this sound, some of these things sound familiar. I have new onset mental health problems or they're getting worse or I'm having problems remembering things. And I feel like I'm too young for that. Um, the good news is you can treat the symptoms and often very effectively. So, uh, you know, you can even go to our website, concussionfoundation.org. We have a helpline. You can email us like, Hey, I need a doctor and we'll find you someone in New Zealand. We have great connections. There's a great TBI network there. Um, so we'll get you somebody to get you better. The good news is a lot of people get very fast, positive results because a lot of these things build on each other. So, for example, uh, I found out one of the reasons I was struggling so much is my sleep was so damaged from the hits I took. And once I got my sleep under control, I started feeling better. I was able to work out better. I was able to lose weight. And, and, and so if you can tackle some of these things, you can actually get back to where you want to be for a long time. Eventually, CT can be too much to overcome, but right now you can. And so if you're having these problems, uh, definitely reach out for help. And if you're older and it's cognitive or it's, it's your partner who's showing these things in your 60s, 70s, you can still do so much to make your life better and easier, including education, caregiver support, those sorts of things. So don't be afraid. No one, no one can tell you you have CT, so don't be afraid you're going to get some uh, you know, doom and, and just know that a lot of this stuff, it's not CTE it's, and it's treatable things. So I don't, you know, somebody who probably has it, I don't sweat it too much, you know, because I'm yeah. okay right now and I know to go where to go get help if I need it. But I'd rather, what I'm trying to do with my energy is, you know, advance the research so that we have, if I do need something in 10 years, like we really have a real treatment that could stop this thing, uh, from, from progressing in my brain. Hey, Chris, just one last one before we let you go. You just referenced New Zealand rugby earlier on, and it just piqued, piqued my interest. Like, NZR, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the AFL, NRL, sporting leagues and governing bodies around the world. Have you seen a change in tone, or are you still concerned about the seriousness and willingness to have the mature conversation? Uh, that's a great question. So it's slowly happening. Like, so actually the NFL was one of the first governing bodies to admit that their game causes CT and it hasn't hurt them a bit. And then, um, you know, the, the next, the next big group has been the football association in the United Kingdom. They've actually acknowledged this is all real. And they started, they just banned heading for kids before 12. I was on the Sunday program there maybe a year or two ago. And they put me, you know, they have me being quoted saying, no serious scientists believe cause and effect has been proven. Then they went right to the CEO of New Zealand Rugby, Mark Robinson, who, you know, sort of gave the big tobacco, like it hasn't been proven yet. We haven't ruled out lifestyle and all these, like, I, I know he's been giving bad advice, but the idea this is caused by drugs or alcohol or lifestyle is preposterous and sad and silly mm -hmm. to say. 
So, um, so anyway, so yeah, no, it's, you know, we do need to be adults about this. You know, we are, again, I want those people to think about the fact they're recruiting kids to a sport that may destroy their lives and being dishonest about it. Uh, you know, it's fine. Again, rugby and football and soccer, they're great for adults and entertainment. And you can, you can go bang your head in if you want to, if you're an adult, but let's think about what this means for kids. That's, that's, why, horrible. that's what I want people to be thinking about. That's horrible to understand that and hearing that, that New Zealand rugby are constantly thinking about the business, but without the players, they have no business. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show, Chris, and sharing this insightful information with us. You are going to help many, particularly myself, um, you know, that, uh, and, it's, and it's reassuring knowing that there are, there are options there to get, get yourself better and, and get yourself better in shape. So appreciate you coming on. Chris Nowinski out of the United States talking all things concussions. Thank you so much, Chris. No problem. I'm coming over in February, so let's connect, and I'll uh, and I look forward to meeting Come you guys. On. All right. Yeah, let's have you in studio, right, Chris. Yes. Let's do a let's do a proper hour. All right. I love it. Count on it. Beautiful. There you go. How good was that, boys? Um, that was outstanding. <laughs> that was honestly. I'm same. I'm going because I'm I'm into self care. Um, mm. and some of the some of the tools that he handed out there were gold, mate. Absolutely gold. Mm. So. Uh, if you're listening and you just want to go somewhere, go to go to concussion. Was it con- concussionfoundation.org? Was the was the one that he yep. gave out? And yeah. check that uh, website out. And uh, if you've got any problems, contact contact Chris. Mate, I've never I've never heard a guy wanting and wanting and willing to give some so much time and help this issue. You know, everyone that I've come across here are always doubtful that it isn't a problem. You know, they're talking about it not being a pro- not being a problem. So, well done, well done, Louis. That was a very good get. Concussion Legacy Foundation. Oh, it's not me, mate. It's Chris. He's trying to help all sorts of people, athletes, veterans. Um, Concussion Legacy Foundation. Uh, yeah, as can be seen, concussionfoundation.org. Go and have a look there. And in February, we'll have him in studio and we'll take your calls. I think he'll do that. You can tell he really cares about this part of the world because of our sports leagues. And um, he's making good change. 22 minutes past seven. What'd you make of it? Oh, 800 811 The Kennards Hire phone line. Any impact or reactions off Chris's chat there? Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.